Good afternoon, you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we look through the local papers and give our take and, we'll say, tell you what's, what's in and maybe have a bit of discussion uh, and hopefully get your interest. Um, the local papers we have are the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo and uh, around the table with me are uh, some of our usual panel, uh, John S. Kelly. John, you're very welcome. Good afternoon, thank you. Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're welcome also. Thanks, Jim. Uh, we're missing David today, David Fleming. Um, but we have a great substitute. I was just going to say, <laughs> a <more> substitute. <laughs> and that is our own Geraldine Collar. And Geraldine, you are very welcome. Thank you, Jim. Thank mm. you. Um, and we're, we're having a look at the, the papers today. I suppose one of the things that, that dominates not just the, the local papers, but also the national papers and the national media and the, indeed the international media, is the cost of energy. And the price of energy going through the roof and that, the impact that has you know, on businesses, on economies and on all our pockets at the end of the day. So, John, you have been very... Um, engaged with this over the last few days. Aye, indeed, and, and the country will be engaging themselves in it very seriously between now and Christmas because mm. Santa Claus is not going to come, sure he's not. Not going to bring any energy no, to No, not going to bring any energy <laughs> this, year, this year. We have a very simple um, figure we can keep in mind. We do not have a sufficiency of uh, capacity. Right, Luke? at this point 280 megawatts will be needed extra and we don't have it so everyone they're saying well um what are we going to do about this generally it's, it's, it's down to a simple question john you have to explain that to the poor creator in the street now what does a shortage of that many megawatts mean and where can we get it right <laughs> if if for example we think in terms of um, supplying electricity to houses. According to the article by Barry O'Halloran in the Times during the week, we would need uh, two, 280 megawatts, which would, give you, which would cover 280,000 houses. Oh, that's now I know it's, it's, it's figured up in the yeah. air, but the reality is there won't be enough capacity to satisfy our needs. So what do we as citizens do about that? That's the way as I see it. And there are a number of possibilities in the media. Right. Um, one has, uh, what do you take? Extend the, the gas field of the Carib. They have indicated, the, the owners of the Carib have indicated that they actually will extend their drilling now and their production. So it appears that the carb gas field is, was much richer than we originally thought. Right. That's one possibility, but that's not going to work for Christmas of this year. Um, what about national grid operator is airgrid? People get confused about that. What can we do? We can buy in or man put together power generators, you know, okay? I'm, I don't understand how that would work. Um, 
we could look at the demand from data centers. They're huge in um, what's the users of energy. Will we have to cut back? Have we been over? Well, this is definitely a, a, a one. Have we been over dependent on old fossil fuel plants? Can we bring them back into usage and forget about the environmental factors as we face into what is a war situation in energy? Could we stagger the use of uh, energy during the day at domestic level? If we're all having dinner at six o'clock, there's a massive run on the energy. Yeah, they say it's from five to seven, isn't that yes. right? Yeah, five no. to seven. Mm -hmm. So if in fact, it, because it calls for patriotism, it calls for a very, very serious, you know, reflection. Would, would I have my dinner at four o'clock? Okay, little things like that could, could help. Um, so if, as we, as we look at it now, yeah. I mean, if, if there's going to be a shortage of energy for the winter, that, that involves power cuts. Yeah, power cuts. It will. It could I mean, serious. It will involve power cuts. Yeah. Something akin to, was it back in the 1970s? And we During the war, we went out under the bogs. And, uh, yes. From well, we're not allowed to go to the bog anymore. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Yeah, wait wait a minute. In the 70s, they turned off the streetlights. In the, uh, do you remember the IPN? There was yeah. some of the streetlights turned off in but the, the, the towns. It's, it's a wartime situation. Mm. We should, why wouldn't we burn turf again? For no. the duration of the... Because this won't go on forever. One of the things that, and we talked about this before we came in here, is the 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 seventy odd uh, turbines up in Derry Bryan. In Derry Bryan, and yeah. because of legal and maybe environmental and planning issues, um, that whole structure has to be torn down. It, it it's proposed to be torn down. It doesn't have to be. No, of course it doesn't. Okay, have to be. it mean uh, no. I mean the actual. How many? How many? Uh, what you call it? Uh, Seventy turbines. Seventy tur turbines. Mm -hmm. Now, Michael McDowell has been uh, very active during during the week, <laughs> writing about the very issue you're talking about, hmm. Jim. Why must we actually take it down? After all, this is a democracy. We're a republic. We're entitled to actually. Uh, behave as suits our needs um, within reason, of course, mm. and with an eye to uh, the laws in, in in Europe. But there is that, you know, that um, domestic, sub, what they call substitute consent. Remember we were talking about that? Yes. That would give the state the right to actually revisit the whole history of Derry Bryan mm -hmm. and, um, and decide that the state will take over it. And how much electricity could Derry Bryan produce? Um, one percent, isn't it? One percent of the, mm. of the country's needs. Okay. Yeah. But I'm thinking you were talking, Geraldine, about the woman down the street. Yeah. You know, I mean, think of the woman up in Kilcarn, um, between Fecal and Cahar, and she has engaged a power cut in the winter, and she's looking across, and she can see Derry Bryan, and she can see lads taking down the the turbines. I know. Do you know, and that's... Have they started doing it? No, no, I don't believe so. No, no this is no. A, a scenario, I suppose, that well, could well, happen. Do you yeah. mean, if you were a politician, would you, would you hang yourself out there for, for uh, uh, you know, the people who'd, who'd consider that we have no right to claim back? 
the well, I presume we have a right to claim back, John, whether we'll get anywhere with it or not, and certainly but not with it. our land. It's but I think if, if we can do anything, it's maybe pose the question, we in this radio station yeah. can do anything, it's, it's pose the question, um, is it not daft? A, to be tearing down Derry Bryan, are we facing into a winter of power shock? Of uh, winter and, discontent. And energy going through the roof. Mm -hmm. it's, absolutely, it's absolutely crazy, Jim. And I think we, we discussed it here maybe a month or six weeks ago. We said it was actually death to go taking it down. And, um, and what would you say to the, to the 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 right wing, right wing, very right wing uh, conservationist who says you can't touch that. Um, that? That was put up without any planning. What would you say to them? Yeah, but probably some bureaucrat over in, in, in Brussels that he, he won't he won't he won't he won't have any fall cuts. The fellows over in, in, in Brussels that's probably decided uh, it should be taken down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, we won't disagree with you know that everything wasn't done. I'm presuming everything wasn't done as it should have been done. Um, but in the situation we're in, you know, take it down when this crisis is over. Absolutely, wartime. Uh, yeah. It is a wartime. It is, and it's there twenty years now. Anyway, and if you go when you go, even uh, it go taking it down, and you're going to be ripping up, ripping up the bound again, and uh, ripping up the roads, and ripping up the, con the, the, the foundations. Mm. Yeah. And some companies going to get, did you say, Cortel Trans, something like 200 million to, to bring it back to as the original? No, as the original. See, but how much did I. 200 some, million, I said, John. Yeah. Was it? How yeah. much? Yeah. I mean, the other. This is going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. And the the other aspect, bigger. you know, and we want to, I suppose, move on with the other aspect is the cost of energy at the moment and businesses really being screwed by energy prices going up something like 200%. Yeah. Um, and I suppose we're, we're looking to the government and we're looking to the EU probably yeah. uh, to, to maybe hope to correct that system where energy prices are linked, electricity prices are linked to gas prices. Yeah. I'm looking at, uh, on the Clare Echo, uh, on page 11, soaring costs putting businesses in crisis. And we're looking there at uh, Sean and Elaine Lally. I think we've mentioned them before from the, the hotel, the Woodstock Hotel, Woodstock hotel. Yeah. In, in, you know, and I mean, if, if his costs are going up 200%, yeah. then, you know, we've been talking about hotel prices and bar prices and all that kind of thing, they'll be put out of business. So what are you saying to the listeners here then? I suppose from the point of view of electricity prices, at the moment they're linked to gas. And because, partly maybe because of the war in Ukraine and the shortage of gas coming into Europe, the price of gas has gone up and up and up. Um, it should be decoupled from the price of gas for a start. Mm. So that, you know, we'll say renewables, windmills, all the various ways of creating energy, uh, that, that it's, it's not just linked to something that is very, very, very expensive at the moment. Okay, Jim, is it a matter of interest? What would you say to the politician who says this problem could be resolved fairly quickly by uh, being nice to Mr. Putin? No, That's a comment that has been said. I, my own personal thing is, I would, I think we'd have to. You cannot be nice to Mr. Putin because mm. next thing Mr. Putin will be setting up the Shannon, yeah. uh, like the Vikings long ago. And, 
you know, so it's... You couldn't trust him. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, and, and I wouldn't have any trouble yeah. with Mr. Putin. The government okay. of the, the... No matter what. The front of the Sunday has been in the government hit to hit energy companies with a, with a token windfall tax. They're going to put on 100 million. Well, super, super profit levy will raise 100 million. That's about 18 euros in your yearly... Yeah. Uh, I give it back to you. It's, it's 18 euros in your yearly uh, ESP bill. Yeah. It's, more, it's more, I think, it's profitable open. to yeah. reduce the price of electricity. Listen, yeah. we need to move on. Because Just before you go, Jim, Corrib Gasfield, Van Millen Energy Ireland posted more than 1 billion Canadian dollars, 777 million in pre-tax profits last year. Yeah. Plus the ESB having 670 million pre-tax profits. Yeah, so that's, uh, that speaks for itself. Now, six million for hotels housing Ukrainians. It's a kind of linked to Putin and what we were talking about the last night. Gordon Deegan has a piece there in the front of the Clare Echo. I think uh, there is somewhere in the Clare Champion, um, there's, there's an account of it as well. Uh, and I suppose linked to that as well, there is a piece on the front of the Clare Champion by Jessica Quinn, The Battle for Beds. Oh. oh, yeah. And uh, I suppose as, as parents, we, we've gone through this at various times where children have done the leaving search and they're looking to go to college and we're looking for accommodation. And of course, accommodation has never been more scarce than it was. So it is a harrowing time, Geraldine. It is really. It and today, with the results out, and we wish all the new leaving search uh, kids uh, the very best of luck now and whatever they've chosen to do. But if they can't go and do their chosen, um, subject in college or a course in college what good is it John is it I mean really and truly they're stymied well we have to ask I suppose we have to ask ourselves the further question Geraldine then what has brought this about and did it, was it kind of uh, a sudden and the answer to that it wasn't no. sudden at all no, no. I mean we're, we, we so often here around the table uh, said to our our influencers up in the doll, we've said to them, um, do you know, you've got to go out there onto the hustings and stand up and admit that we are not planning for the future in anything. Yeah, but that's know? the big thing, not planning for at all. For the future, yeah. We're not yeah. planning at all. I mean, there it's are minor things we plan for all right, but... Well, what do you think, Pat? This sort of thing, I mean. Yeah, well, I suppose the big profit, the big, the big, we, we don't plan, John. You know, we don't, we, we don't plan enough. That's, 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 that's different. But, of course, the big problem is you have, you have up again, you're going to have up again 50,000 Ukrainians in the country by Christmas. And you're maybe 40,000 at present time. And, of course, they have taken up an awful lot of the accommodation. And that's the, probably the big problem with the, with the student accommodation as well. So what, what would you say about that, then? Well, I suppose, well, I'm not, like, I suppose you have to, you have to put them up somewhere, but um, I suppose the, 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 maybe the students are suffering now as well. Is there a the, limit? Is there a limit to what we, as a small nation and a small island, is there a limit to what we can do? Well, you mentioned that is, there should be, I, I heard um, uh, this evening um, RT was on, and John Cook was on RT, and he was up in, he was up in, in, um, in Belibar. Yeah. And he said, there's more, there's more Ukrainians in Belibar now than Irish people, you know, mm. in living yeah. there. But when and, you're... And after that, I'm working. There's 18 of them working in Monk's, in Monk's restaurant in Poland. Yeah. 
So but they're not taking anybody's jobs though now because they couldn't fill those well, positions. Well, they couldn't fill those positions. Yeah, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's why he said he couldn't. He couldn't get people to, to work in those positions. Yeah, so he yeah. has those people are working there. But well, Pat, if if your son, uh, your daughter, or grandson, or granddaughter, next week gets his or her place in university and can't get a plumbing bed in yeah. Galway, yeah, well, I mean that's a reality. Yeah. I mean, is that not crisis? It yeah. is. And, and I don't know if the Ukrainians are having a big impact on the bigger cities anyway, are they? No, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think they are. No, no, probably not. But it could be used, you see. It could, yeah. yeah. It, well, I know. But, yeah, but I mean, we crisis. need to look for more innovative solutions. We do. I mean, for example, I don't know what the... I don't know what the tax situation is at the moment now, but yeah. in Shirley's God, there are a lot of people living in Limerick City, for example, if they, got, if they were incentivized, uh, could rent out a room to a student. I mean, I know in Galway, I know people who rent out rooms like that. You know students. how much they get tax-free? I have a notion. It's 14,000. 14, 14, yeah. That's you a know. considerable amount now, Jim. It's, yeah. it's it is. A, it's it a is. good incentive. It is. But and I mean, that needs to be promoted and yeah. it needs maybe maybe enhanced. Yeah. Because Indeed, I mean, you, Jim. you cannot have students, you know, after working hard to get a leaving cert to get X number of points, yeah. and they can't get. Well, it's terrible. I think it's criminal. Yeah. I really do. I think it's terrible because it's a hard enough time of their lives anyway. But as Democrats, uh, in a way, uh, I'd be coming back and saying, make your voice heard. Not around the kitchen table, but it's got to go wider than that. So what do you do, John? There are things that would cross my mind. Um, One mentioned in the papers, uh, uh, the question of, of providing highly, highly focused, subsidised transport from the peripherals into the uh, university cities. Mm-hmm. They've started I mean, that now from May this year. They've brought in a scheme where students can travel um, 50% reduction on any of the public transports. I'm not, that that's have. not enough. This must not be... No, I mean, it's parents a start, I suppose, though, John. No, I, it's so crucial, like, yeah. um, I'd be in favour of giving 75 percent and then focused uh, routes so that they're accessible so for example here 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 we are in Scarlet Um, I suppose uh, you could say that uh, a start point could be Scarf itself well we're only half an hour from Limerick where you have UL and you have um, LIT yeah do you know so it's it's to have a proper yeah. uh, transport like the, service like the aimed at the universities. Yes. To get yeah. in there and Right in the into the heart of the university. Yeah. Mm. And you could do it Menace too, couldn't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and West Clare. But anywhere in County Clare. Uh, yeah. And you have yeah. to train yeah. for Menace. You know, you have to train one up and down just to go to Garland yeah. and yeah. go to Limerick. Now, we have a bus, a, a school bus system that generally speaking works well mm-hmm. and okay. Even though there are some complaints, but there are well, all of the complaints. They gave everybody in the bus system as well. They gave all the, the children free transport. And they, all, they, yeah. never, they didn't prepare for it. Yeah. They no. didn't have enough for buses and didn't have enough for drivers. And, and the universities as well then, they have a role to play in this because unlike second level uh, schools, we know this, that um, lectures could be at five o'clock because it suits the lecturer, not because it suits the actual... Yeah transport yes do you know it would have to be a 
a highly integrated yeah, proper system. A yeah. proper system, yeah. but it's doable. But otherwise, geez, otherwise, we're going to see kids sleeping on the street. Mm. Mm. Well, not doing their courses at all, or which not. is mm. an awful yeah. tragedy, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll go on from that because I mean I think we're we're fairly clear on what we would like to see, um, and we're not preaching now, but I mean we're just bringing things to people's attention, and it's up to ordinary people, listeners to um, you know, make what they wish of it, and because everyone is going to be affected. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gorbachev passed away during the week. Um, he did. And back in, I suppose, it, it brings it into focus, because at the moment, Russia is, is engaged in, in a, an invasion of a neighboring country. And I suppose many people will compare Mr. Gorbachev with Mr. Putin, and I suppose there are different uh, opinions of Mr. Gorbachev, particularly among elements in Russia who don't look at him on him as, with the same affection as perhaps we do in the West. But I suppose, can you remember Geraldine when he came to Ireland? Oh, I do well. I remember. Yes, I do. He did. Yeah, I, I had great admiration for that man. I thought he was a breath of fresh air, and I think he did. Um, make a huge difference to the Communist Party. He just wasn't allowed to make the changes. Mm. He didn't leave the Communist Party. He didn't no. want to leave the Communist Party. He just wanted to make it better mm. and more acceptable. He didn't quite achieve that, but I don't think that was his fault. I no. think he was stymied. He didn't want to bring down the Soviet Union either. No, he didn't, mm. nor stop communism. He didn't mm. want that. Geraldine, did you, were you with ARI when he was in? No, no. No? Who no. was the... the, the, the President. Um, oh, the other man, the. Um, Yeltsin. 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 But you did work in Moscow for a while, didn't you? Oh, I just went with, with Mary McMahon, the Lord, with her, yeah. uh, with her, her, uh, her uniforms for ARI. Mm. Yeah. And are you shocked at what is. Uh, as, as well, you see, that was Russia. a very bad time, John, in yeah. Moscow. Yeah. People couldn't shop. There was nothing in the shops. They had to queue yeah. for everything. You and saw that? I did see that, yeah. Empty shelves. El- empty shelves, queuing for bread, mm. and wouldn't get it. So it, it, it improved, of course, in my time going to Russia, but it, was, it wasn't pleasant now. It really wasn't pleasant. Mm. Mm. And, um, yeah, and you, got to know, you got to know Russian people. Yeah, yeah, they're nice people. They're very like us. Mm. I can't say that I didn't like them. They were very pleasant. And I think they were just absolutely... Um, they, they were under the thumb. Just they, People just did what they were told. Mm. That was mm. it. You, you had no choice. And uh, Gorbachev is quoted as saying in more recent times about freedom of speech, that, that, uh, that a country that hasn't got freedom of speech, that the people are... The living dead, we call yeah, them. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be what's happening in Russia at the moment. Yeah. Um, that mm. so many people, they're, you know, if they're interviewed on TV, they're going to give the party line. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Not like that poor oil man who uh, was careered out of the sixth floor window. Yes. The sixth floor. Yeah. Sorry, because sir. he didn't. And the wall came down, and wasn't Gorbachev the other time? And the the, the wall and the Berlin wall came down, and all yeah. that. He was, yeah. But he was, Gorbachev yeah. chose not to send in, in the, the tanks, tanks. Yeah. Mm. into into we'll say yeah. the capitals of the Eastern Bloc mm. countries mm. Yeah. Yeah. like Czechoslovakia and yeah. which where it happened before and Hungary, um, and those countries. So, 
Anyway, look, we, I think, you know, we, he'll be a man who's, you know, maybe, maybe he was before his time, but certainly in comparison with the regime in Russia at the moment, um, it doesn't bear comparing. Jim, do you, did, did you notice a kind of a contradiction in uh, the, the half-eulogy which Putin gave him? I mean, I was wondering, I'm, what am I hearing? Did you hear that? I heard a bit of it, John, but yeah. it was less than well, glowing. He praised him as a man who had a huge and impact he was on the history. His, his schedule didn't allow him to attend the funeral. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can make what you like yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even look to Putin looking for anything that makes sense. Well, he came out and gave the speech that uh, people wanted to hear and ended hmm. that way. But I, I, I don't think uh, reading... reading a few articles I read during the week, uh, Putin didn't have an awful regard for No, because no. everything that Gorbachev would have stood for, Putin would be yeah. would want to destroy. Yeah. Yeah. President Listen, Michael D. Higgins gave a nice tribute there in the champion. Nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll go on. Claire FM, our sister station based in Ennis. Um, and we, we would send our congratulations to them uh, and to Fiona Cahill in particular. Pat. You have a picture of her there on page three yeah. of the Clare Champion. Yeah, and Fiona Cahill is there, the head of news in Clare FM. Uh, Clare FM flagship new programme is in line for honours next month at the ceremony known as the Oscars of Radio. The popular 1pm news which airs at lunchtime on weekdays has received nomination in the highly competitive category of news programme of the year in the IMRO Radio Awards. The Daily Show is compiled and presented by the station's news team, led by Head of News, Fiona Cahill, with Josh Prenderberg, Derek Lynch and Rebecca Sullivan. Meanwhile, the station is also up for honours in the Catholic and Irish Music Programme on, on the initiative of the Francis Street Sessions, presented by Dermot Cheedy. And um, they're, also, they're also in line for the local station of the year. And it will be on in Kikini in October. So. We did. We do wish them the best of luck. Fiona is someone who's you know who works very hard, and Derek as well. And we meet we meet Derek regularly at matches and in the sports element. So we wish them care of him the best of luck, and we'd all be rooting for them. Pat, come back to you again. Uh, You had a piece there in the Care Champion (coughs) on active travel. Uh, I'm not. I didn't read it myself now. So maybe you'll tell us about it. Yeah, Council, uh, it's in page six, and Fiona McGarry has the story there. Uh, Council sheds light on active travel underspent. Clare County Council has organised its approach to the use of active travel fund last year for a stop shot of explaining why just 80% of the allocation was not spent. While Clare was given just over 5.9 million for projects across the, com- the county, including footpaths, bus shelters, cycle lanes, pedestrian crossings, and public lighting. Only 1.3 million was drawn down. Clare's allocation for 2021 was the second largest nationally. Only Galway County Council, which is which was awarded 6.1 million, received a bigger allocation. Figures by, released by the National Transport Authority showed that nationally only 56% of the total allocation of 72.8 million had been spent. The situation was sharply criticised by Green Party Senator Boshingari. In the local, uh, on the local authorities do better and, and in terms of using the fund. So this no. is money that was there this which wasn't yeah. drawn down? This is money, uh, they had just 20% of it not, not, not spent. Yes. 
How much? 20% of the, of the money not spent. Of the no, of five the allocation of 70, yeah, 72.8. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of a pity, isn't it? Well, it's easily, really, I suppose. Um, Could the mills now, for example, that lovely village that uh, boasts you as the number one <laughs> inhabitant, uh, tell me. Um, no, well, we could, we could do a bit more money there, aren't we, John? We could do a, a, yeah. solar, a solar scheme, we could do a few million. Good, yes. <laughs> are you not doing a path as, at the moment? Yeah, well, we, have, we have some paths done and there's more, there's more to be done. But it's supposed to come in under this scheme, I don't know, maybe next year, I don't know. Very hard to get workers by the I gather. I, I was asked today, could I uh, recommend a few people for jobs that are available? Honest to God. Yeah. And they, they, they can't get them. I know. I thought, John, you were going to say someone was offering you a shovel <laughs> for, to, to put a path in uh, the Fossil Bank Scarrow. The villagers that have been, have got allocations as well. Dundegs Kildahill, Cross, Slavishida, Connolly, Quilty, Calgahol, Kilgush, Mealyk, Kildahill, and Kilmurray Village. And Six Mile Bridge, Kildahill, Kilmurray, and Kiki also got an allocation of 360,000. So they, they were villages that got, got money this year so for, for projects. Yes, okay. There's also, uh, um, uh, Pat Hayes is also uh, one there, John, I think you know if you talk to that here, about where they can get people for the social and climate schemes. And they're all there, you know, the people that yeah. cut yeah, grass in the know, village, yeah. we, we've two, I, I look after myself over there, we've two lads in the village. And, um, and often all of the community councils cannot get the, those people in. But all they're, all they're being paid was, Twenty-two fifty, on top of their social welfare. Now, uh, Pat Hayes, see, uh, Pat is involved in, in it as well up in maybe Flagmont, but he says that that, that should be should go up to about fifty euros. You know, it should be should be worked on. It's an initiative to give initiative to people to go out and, and yeah, maybe and work. All especially older people that mm -hmm. you know would be coming up to their pension time and that because there's probably all old, mostly older. I don't wish to younger younger fellas now and our scheme lucky enough, but um. It's usually older people that's yeah. open as people come up. But of course, I suppose, Pat, if, if people, you know, businesses can't get employees, yeah. it's it may yeah. be because there aren't enough of them. That's right, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, so no, these, these people, they, they, give, they give invaluable service. Yeah, they give great service. And, and, and cleaning weeds and, and, and doing, you know, painting and doing different things around. I mean, they probably wouldn't be doing otherwise. I drive around East Clare and you'll yeah. see how villages have been enhanced. Yeah. Have enhanced, yeah. 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 And it's by those fellows that the walk through. Okay, do. we've reached half time, and traditionally, our Pat is our resident DJ, Geraldine, as you probably know. <laughs> so uh, Pat spins yes. the discs here on this show. We all dance to that tune. And we did, and we'll be dancing for the next three or four minutes around the room here. So Pat, what, um, what have you for us, and why? Uh, I, no, we, uh, the, listen, listen. <coughs> The Montalistan Verna is uh, 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 usually the matchmaking festival. Yes. So we'll have Christy Moore with Liston Verna. Oh, absolutely <laughs> lovely. Christy Moore, Liston Verna, compliments of Pat O'Brien. Just before we go, Jim, they'll have to get the 100,000 to uh, you're going to see uh, Park McMahon has it on the Echo. Streetscape street lift for Liston Verna. And they're getting 100,000 for the, the, the town. Of Grainian. God, they yeah, deserve it for all the people did they you have Did you notice that Ennis Diamond uh, had a bit of internecine strife again? I, I, yes, I yeah. saw the I saw yeah, the headline. They can't agree on, on uh, what way the actual planning should work out. But mm -hmm. I mean, the money is there, but... 
Bring, bring back the puka. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go on, we'll go out on this half with Christy Moore. I always leave of a Thursday night with my tent and my ground she's rolled up tight. I like to hit Listone in her own Friday afternoon. This gives me time to get my gear together. I don't need to worry about the weather. Ramble in for a pint of stout because you never know who'd be hanging about. There's a Dutchman playing a mandolin and a German looking for Lee Mogo Flynn and there's Adam Bono and Gareth Fitzgerald getting their photo taken for the Sunday world. Finbar, Charlie and Jim Hand and they're drinking pints to bait the band and the grand. The multitudes, they flocked in throngs to hear the music and the songs and more bikes and high-ace vans with bottles, barrels, flagons, cans, mighty crack, loads of frolics, pioneers and alcoholics and crack, spoke in the FCA and free Mickey Kelly in the IRA and hairy chests and milk white ties and Mickey Dodgers in disguise, McGraths, O'Briens, Pippins, Coxes, massage parlors and horse boxes, or or making tapes, taking breaks and throwing shapes, there's Aurons, Bowrons, Amadons, Arab sheiks, Hindu Sikhs, Jesus freaks. This is heaven, this is hell. Who cares? Who can tell? What a brilliant song there. Christy Moore and Listoon Varna. And uh, there have been new verses added to that over the years, uh, I think. But uh, it, it certainly always sounds fresh. So brilliant, brilliant song. And good luck to everybody who goes up to Listoon Varna in September. Uh, and good luck to everyone as well who's coming to... Dremolin Castle this year for the KPMG Women's Irish Open and uh, they're going to have Leona Maguire there and Leona of course as people know is one of the top golf professionals in the game in the ladies uh, game and always figuring you know there or thereabouts in in the championships that are played in the US. John you were a bit of a golfing uh, <laughs> person. Leona is 13th in the order of merit globally. No, yeah. that's that's a that's a fascinating. Yeah, she's a fantastic golfer. But she's a fantastic isn't golfer. She? Absolutely, mm. and uh, it's having a, a ripple effect down along. Then the girls, yeah. the younger and younger, yeah. are kind of getting in. There's an interesting. Uh, what, do, what do you think of what we called live golf? L I V. Has that come across your radar? This is the Saudi, the Saudi Arabia back. It, it smells of money. John. It does, absolutely. <laughs> you know. But the, the, that's the ladies. The ladies, anyway. Um, it's on, Jim. On the what date again? It's on. Yeah, it's on September the twenty second to the twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. And um, tickets. I, I'm just amazed to read yeah. on page thirteen of the Clare Champion that uh, four day tickets are priced at thirty five euro. Not for, bad. For four yeah. days. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, single days are 15 euro. But yeah. um, it's, it's very, very reasonable. And just going back to Leona there, her, her twin sister is a very good golfer as well. And she's her manager now. 
Patchy earned oh. an awful lot of money this year. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And did very well. Yeah, and we hope to be there if she won the... We see in the chair champion that um, the, the mast, the air mast, the proposed air mast uh, in Scarif uh, is not going ahead, or at least not going ahead at the moment anyway. Uh, permission has been refused. And that will be very good news for some people who live locally who objected to it. Um, I don't know what it will mean for air, whether they, you know, what they need or whether it's, they need to provide a service, I suppose, as well. But um, any thoughts, anyone, on the, the air mast? Well, I suppose you can sympathise with people who live adjacent to where it would be, that it would be imposing on their view and their back gardens and whatever. But I suppose there's another... There's another um, aspect that you have to to uh, take into account that I suppose uh, air are thinking of the future and our our, um, our telephone needs, needs. needs for the future. I don't know really that. Yeah. Yeah. Put a moment top of Kevin Bayan or something like that. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, never, it's never in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> it's also on the Clare Echo, uh, or it's on it's uh, sorry, it's page two of of the Clare Champion. Yeah. Um, the the piece about the scarf mask. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose it is not in my backyard too. You know, none of us want to be overlooked by a mast. And that's very human reaction. Very human yeah. reaction, mm -hmm. it is. Um, but they do have to be somewhere. So I suppose it's picking the best spot for it, really, you know. It depends on the size and, and how, how, you know, how intrusive it is. Do we mm. know? I mean, I suppose we do, but... Yeah, well, it's much higher than the pole that's there already. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know. There's a mess stone beside the creamery there. What's, what's that mess for? Well, it used to be the... Well, it's in private property now. It used to be the mast for the ESB vans when, when mm. the, you know, when, yeah, when, yeah, the, well, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you had radios there. Yeah, 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 so yeah. the mast is there. I think yeah. there's a telecom. Yeah, is it functioning? It. Oh, I believe so. I think the, the telecom is on it. Mm. Uh, Vodafone are the people who... Who have it? I presume, it. or I'm, yeah. I think, yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, but the the mast was there yeah, yeah. since mm. the ESB's time. Mm. Okay, from telephone mast to beekeepers, and there's a a piece in the uh, which uh, the champion yeah. page one champion page what Pat? page four page four uh, a photograph there of a gentleman. Um, well dressed against the bees, looking at honey, and uh, it refers, Pat, I think, to Tungreni. It does, yeah. Beehive manufacturer Chris Jorkin of Atlas Bee Supplies in Tungreni examining a frame of, of, of a national cedar hive, newly manufactured at his home in Tungreni. And uh, there's a fine picture there uh, by Arthur Ellis. And Fiona has the, uh, McGarry has the story a young East Clare man who runs a thriving beekeeping supply shop. Is a proof that it's good advice to bloom where you are planted. After his family moved from Holland to Tumbrainy 23 years ago, Chris Jenkin found his niche working with the skills and resources that nature gave him. He credits his father, Harry, an organic farmer, with inspiring him to be a self starter. 
Chris <coughs> moved from making and selling chicken coops at the age of 14 to beekeeping and most recently to producing high quality beehives. His business, Atlas Bee Supplies, which he started in 2017 as a way to keep busy on wet days, now boasts 2,000 customers nationwide. Chris admission ad adjusting to the new language and country at the age of five was a bit overwhelming. Now it's home, he said. Great. So it's just marvelous yeah. to see a, a, a young fella coming on and, and doing, yeah. doing that work there. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You see it passing and they have a sign up outside there. Prems. Geraldine, mm. you used to keep bees once upon a time. Am yeah, I, am I right? Yeah, he kept bees, but he got, um, what's the disease that bees get? Um, Varroa. Hmm? Varroa? No. Is it acrim something? I don't know. But they, they contract this disease anyway and they have to... Uh, wiped out. Wiped out, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's an amazing number of beekeepers in the immediate uh, locality of East Clare. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's been a major renaissance yes mm. michael mcnamara Ma michael was big into yeah the your na your neighbor got yeah. and, and yeah. he got me into i had a hive too did yes. you i did but yeah. all the work was done by michael right. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I can say i was a beekeeper when marie is not listening because <laughs> she's contradict you isn't <laughs> oh yes indeed <laughs> but i can i can you know talking to different people and michael now would be a case in point any beekeeper you talk to will sit down for ages with you and talk Oh, bees. they're passionate about They it. are absolutely yeah, passionate yeah. about bees. But they are fascinating little creatures, aren't they? Are. they? Yeah. 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 Marvelous, yeah. Yeah, we don't know half. And yeah. there's a good few beekeepers all around with me as well, all around our area. Are they, are they selling bees? Yeah. Um, selling honey? Selling honey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 This, it's young man, this young man is selling honey. Locked there. Oh, yeah. He is, yeah. And an interesting thing as well, Jim, about is that... Um, what was I going to say? No, it slipped my mind. Beekeeping. And it'll come back again. Yeah, we'll come back to it, John. Yeah. If you think of it, we'll... we'll... I, I, I know I, it was very important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, his interest in bees developed when his brother was doing his leaving cert. Yeah. Which is fascinating. He was studying something about bees, and I found it really interesting. It's fabulous, isn't he? He started to study the bees and what they were doing in the hives, and he, you know, he really mm. became hooked, like you say, Jim. Yeah. Passionate about it. I know what I, what I it's, yeah. it's having a domino effect on uh, gardeners as well, uh, seeking to provide uh, suitable plants that are, mm. you know, um, bee, plenty, friendly. Bee, bee, bee friendly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and so you'll see the the the, the dead level, closely cropped grass garden, slowly disappearing. Yeah. yeah. And wildflowers. And and, yeah. and wildflowers taking over. Mm. Not right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, on page fourteen, page thirteen of the Clare Champion, the East Clare page, uh, it features a, a a man, a story of a man who's who's recently passed away, Robin O'Connell from Meelick. Now, not someone that I knew, Pat, but you would have heard of him. I would. Have, well, I know Robin. Yeah. Yes. Um, he was a he was a great character, uh, very funny, and uh, he he great stories and. Um, Oh, I know him was, uh, we, we used to have um, a, a bear in the, in the J Club there, we don't have it anymore in the Orland Kitchen. And we used to have um, music nights there, and Robin would be a, a regular customer, he'd come there with the, and there was a group in the kitchen who, who used to um, do the, the ring buys, and they'd go down to carry oh, it down yes. to the store, mm -hmm. and, and they, they won the Ireland down to the store on a few occasions, and Robin was part of the, of the group. 
But um, he, he was a great storyteller and fortune maker and all that kind of stuff, you know. Mm. Yes. And, and uh, very much involved in the GA as well, in, in Neelick and uh, ladies football and Camogie. And, and, and with Treaty Sarsfield. And Treaty Sarsfield. An old yeah. club I played with. Yeah. But the gym, a, a district court judge asked him, uh, was he going to make Putchin again? You can see him inside in court, you know. And Robin declared, Your Honour, if you find me today, I will have to make, make it by uh, making Putchin and selling it to pay the fine. And according to Robin, the judge declared, quote, I can't fine you as I would only be putting you back into business. So he got off. <laughs> I mean, that's an extraordinary man. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. But uh, a judge with a sense of humour. Uh, indeed, yeah. fair play to him. Pat, they, he, yeah. played, he played hurling and football w with half a dozen different clubs. Well, he did, yeah, he did. On the same year. Yeah, well, yeah, well he was, <laughs> that's the way he would operate. But that's not allowed. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, just a bit here on a... Um, on average, she made about 10 gallons a month and used it to sell it in a whiskey bottle for 7 euro. <laughs> Around Christmas time, I used to clean up. People used to buy for Christmas and wedding cakes, and the cake would last a lot longer, he said. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> actually, he, he, was, he was a great character and a great storyteller, and you know. And hmm. <clears throat> well, may he rest in peace. Rest in peace, yeah. The RNLI, I see a number of. Um, uh, pieces on page three, first of all, of the Clare Champion. Loch Derg RNLI call for caution as two vessels run aground. And on the Clare Echo, uh, on what page is it? Uh, and oh, yeah, the Scarif Bay. Oh, no, maybe that's sorry, that's in the Clare Champion as well. Uh, the on page six, um, the Scarif Bay, uh, which comes into. Um, most people didn't think Scarab Bay existed until we came in, but uh, <laughs> on page five, uh, they're talking about um, rescues in Scarab Bay. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I suppose, John, it's very important. But the, it's coming, the whole thing it's coming, RNLI. It is indeed, so we should support it every time we get an opportunity. But Pat, it's interesting, nearly every week, or every fortnight, we're reporting uh, somebody running I was going to say running amok. Running yeah. amok, yeah. <laughs> running, yeah. Aground. Mm. Running aground. Will you tell me this, being a man close to the lake, what's the function exactly of the boy? I, I would suggest the boy is you, you keep one side of it you or the other. Yeah, you have to, you you have to, to stay to in the middle, haven't you? You have to you stay uh, outside the boys. But they mark the routes as well, I think. They mark the routes. It does yeah. mark yeah. the routes, it does, yeah. yeah. Would you mind if I don't travel with you? Uh, with <laughs> well, I, my, my, my very limited experience, I navigated a cruiser from Drummondier to um, Portumna. You did? I did, yes, myself. Now, on your own? No, well, I wasn't on my own, but yes, I... It wasn't I, a Titanic, nor I, I, I steered, which is a big cruiser, actually. Yeah. Now, I wasn't trusted with the idea of docking, uh, coming up and actually docking. Someone else yeah. did that who was better, you know, equipped to do that kind of thing. Yeah. But, but I remember, and I can't remember now, but I remember like there the was maybe a green boy and a red boy, something yes. like that, mm -hmm. and you stay between them. Mm -hmm. And once you do, but of course, if you try and cut a corner somewhere, you're well, it could run aground. Yeah. And you hear yeah. this scraping sound on the bottom and but you're stuck. Don't they each have a name? Don't the boys have a name? 
I don't, don't they know. name the boys, I think, do they? They may do now. I, I, I I just, the colour I was going by. Yeah, maybe, maybe I started. <laughs> Did you hear the corn crake when you were up at Banner? Oh, no, I, I didn't go that far. Yeah, yeah. Although well, some of the lads that were with me, it was a group of us who, who were in college together, and uh, we, um, I, I had to leave because I was still in school then, so I had mm. to come back. But they went off the following morning from Portumna, and they weren't gone 500 yards when they ran aground. <laughs> I'm not saying I wouldn't have, no, either. But, um, but Jessica Quinn has the story there, and, uh, and well, it, it all worked out fine. But, uh, you know, we, we, all these people are volunteers in their own life. And I'd say we, we, should, you know, we, should, we should support them if we oh, can see it. And actually today, today is Sunday, there, there is a walk up in the bottom, and uh, it's an annual walk for the Army Life in Troquili, organised every year. And there's a huge crowd in it last year, and there's a And you know, the online publication that, that we do sometimes mention, the Clare Herald, um, Pat, I can't remember his name, Pat Flynn. Uh, Pat Flynn gives brilliant coverage in the Clare Herald, uh, as a, which is an online publication. Brilliant coverage, the RNLI. He features mm -hmm. stories from the RNLI, rescues that they do, etc. So it's, it's always a good to, to keep an eye on that, um, on that publication, but Pat does very well. Okay, we have four sisters from Killaloo, keeping within East Clare, the Ryans. And the Ryans are big into um, science. I don't know if you, did you spot that, Geraldine, on, on page just, 13? Yes, yeah, page, uh, page 13, four yeah. lovely looking girls they are too, mm. really. And um, they often disagree, but four sisters agree on the thing, the Bachelor of Science in uh, Industrial Biochemistry at University of Limerick has proven to be the perfect pathway for all their ambitions. Yeah. Um, so 330, 2,300 new graduates were conferred at UL over five days. They're going on all over the country at the moment, aren't they? The current conferrings. The conferring they are. Yeah. yeah. So the Ryan family are from Killaloo, and uh, they reached a significant milestone as twin sisters Anna and Rosaline graduated from the BSc in Industrial Biochemistry in the Faculty of Science and Engineering recently. Now. Yeah. And while it wouldn't be too uncommon for siblings to compete to complete the same course of study, in the case of Anna and Rosaline, they were followed following a career path that their two older sisters had previously walked before them. And yeah. that's a good ad for <laughs> industrial biochemistry, isn't it? It is, it is. indeed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why so many um, foreign, you know, multinational companies Come set up in Ireland because yeah. there are so many graduates. Yeah. Mm. Okay, anyway, well done to them. Well done to them. On yeah. to, up the lake to Mount Shannon. Uh, yeah. The Mount Shannon Arts have, uh, have announced an art uh, exhibit called Hush Hush, and this is the second year of it. Yeah, they ran it last year as well, and it was very successful, I think. They did They, they uh, showed the, all the paintings in the library, I think. That's Isn't right. That it? And, and you can win and buy your painting. You can win and buy, but you don't know who the, the artist is. Yes. Yeah. It I could be... A famous artist, or it could be John S. Kelly. I mean, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. The, um, and I think last year, I think it was 40 euro. Um, is it still 40 Is it still yeah, 40 yeah. euro? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's wonderful to see. Um, Pat, you mentioned a while ago a coffee morning uh, oh, yeah. in aid of 
Irish hustlers. Yeah, good brewing uh, for the big coffee morning. Um, actor Brendan Gleeson is here. He's in the, in, at the launch of Julius Cafe. Uh, big coffee morning social for hospice. One of Ireland's biggest fundraisers, which this year celebrates its 30th anniversary. Uh, you can adjust to the host the coffee morning social on Thursday, the, uh, September 22nd, or if you date it's due to uh, at the hospice coffee morning.ie or card save 0819959969. Uh, coffee lovers in Clare are being urged to get brewing and get behind Kehakela Hospice as plans get underway for the, the, the Bewley's big coffee uh, morning social for hospice. Mary Maloney, fundraising manager of Kehakela Hospice, said we are delighted that Bewley's big coffee morning social for hospice is back for another year, raising funds and support for hospices in, in patient and community service around Ireland. Okay. So that's a, um, a, a well-known charity tool that um, people should, should uh, And I see um, the 12 o'clock hills again in your country, Pat, uh, remembering Eugene Ryan. Yeah, I see that, Jim. The, 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 it's uh, in the Clare Echo. It's on page 19 yeah. of, the, of the Clare Echo. Um, yeah. A big Clare Echo this week. There's a lot in the Clare Echo on weddings. A huge, yeah. a huge yeah. wedding. Supplement, uh, yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, who was Eugene Ryan? I, I, <coughs> I, I don't know who Eugene Ryan is. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. A group of friends, Eugene Ryan and Warren were nearing, <coughs> nearing the first anniversary of the passing of Eugene Ryan. A group of his friends attended to find the federal appeals on, on Saturday, September 17th, remember? And rem reminisce. Eugene completed his climb on the 15th of September 2021. Anyone who wishes to join him are more than welcome. A similar Belvoir car park at 9.45 for the 10 a.m. start, with options of 5, 8, or the 13 kilometer trail. And there's a book of collections, so I suppose they're, they're uh, collecting money for, for um, to know, any aid in, in, yes. in, in okay, the future. Yes, we people support. One story, before we finish, there's an interesting story in the Clare Echo. It's on page 39, I think, of the Clare Echo. And that has to do with Camogie. And, and we, in Scarath Bay Community Radio, we, we cover Camogie, um, you know, really well. But it's, uh, the, the headline is by Parik in the Clare Echo. Camogie Board defends silence on senior management exit. Now, it, it, it does seem a strange story. The, the entire management of Clare Camogie, the, the senior and junior team, um, resigned. So obviously, if the Camogie board or the Camogie management resigns, then a new management has to be put in place, yeah. and that process has been underway. I think the closing date was the thirty-first of August during the week. Um, but by all accounts, some of the manager people involved who resigned are going for the job again, which it seems very strange. And I suppose of interest to us here in East Clare. Uh, his Tipperary native, David Sullivan, is also understood to be interested in the role. He oversaw Scarafogono's provincial senior success in 2021, and this season has been over hurling, over club hurling and camogie teams in Offaly and Galway. But um, definitely interesting if... That's an unusual thing to happen. It is an unusual mm -hmm. thing to happen. I can imagine people resigning and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. that's it. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Speaking to the Clare Echo, Clare Camogie Fiorro, Breed McNamara outlined that the same process has been in place for the last seven or two, eight years. It will be followed when it comes to the appointment of 2023 management 
Individuals who wish to submit an expression of interest can do so by emailing Claire to Mortgage Secretary on the 4th of August. Uh, selection panel will meet with those individuals who have expressed an interest and then the panel will make a recommendation to the executive of Claire to Mortgage. So uh, I think she also stated here, I, I was reading it earlier on, and she also stated here that their, their, their term of office was up. And that's why they had stepped away. But they were only in this year. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, normally, I don't really know what normally at the end of the year, you know, the first thing is, you know, are we going ahead with the... The, the management don't normally resign. Yes, you know? she, was pressed, she was pressed on, on the reasons for why they departed. And um, the Rwandan have stated that their term was completed. She said that there was no un underlying factors behind any of the. Sometimes when you hear <laughs> that there's no underlying factors, <laughs> you question how dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> anyway, it would be very interesting. I mean, just having eventually sorted out. She will. Having talked to David Sullivan, you know, <laughs> and we we not that we worked with David Sullivan, but David Sullivan was very good to talk to us and gave us great interviews and everything last year when he was with Scarf for Gunnelo. I'll tell you, he would be somebody really, really worse than the point. And he has applied. He has, apparently, according to the report, he has applied. So I suppose we'll wait and see. There's a story there. Wait for developments, Okay, listen, that's the end this evening. Many thanks to everybody for joining in and for talking about all the stuff that's in the papers. Geraldine, thank, thank you very much for you, coming Jim. in. Uh, great to have you. Uh, John S., many thanks to you too. And Pat, thank many you. thanks to you too as well. Uh, thanks to Luke for the uh, engineering part of this evening. And tell me, uh, what will you, we go out on this evening? We we'll go out on, on Van Morrison. Then uh, uh, was 77 on Wednesday last. So uh, we have... There will be days like this. Oh, okay. nice. a lovely song. Nice. Anyway, okay, yeah. excellent. So Van Morrison, there'll be days like this. Thank you to everybody for listening, and uh, we'll see you again, please God, next Sunday at two o'clock. For now, goodbye and God bless. There'll be days like this When there's no one complaining There'll be days like this Everything falls into place Like the flick of a switch Well, my mama told me There'll be days like this